Yeah. Hipsters. <laughs> now wait a hipster minute. Tell me if you feel it. We're fixing to fold our hands together. Time to get religious. Now let's get down to business. Be mindful in the spirit. But we get so ridiculous with our mindless politics in. No, no, I ain't finished. Tell me how you're living. Don't feel down the show promises to be so uplifting. No, you ain't seen it. But you can hear it. No need to fear it, folks. It's the hipster minute. said dude again dude again do dude again. i said dude i always say dude oh dude, I dude said it's dude the 14th again. 14th number 14th, 14th. Number, 14th. Number, 14th. Number, number number four number number with a one four number with a one four 14th episode seven yeah. plus seven divided by zero <laughs> dude actually no because if you divide something by zero it's so that's zero. zero divide by one i meant <laughs> smart smart man my okay. wisdom oversees everything in your life so oh really yeah so, yeah so what are we talking about in this episode well, I could tell you, but I think you should tell me. Yeah. Well, we're I talking really about the end times, and uh, oh. Ezra, his knowledge expands throughout anything. That's, so um, that's my mindless knowledge, by the way. So I'm guessing that you know what's going to happen in the end times, right? Mindless knowledge. So do you know what's going to happen in the end times? No. Why not? No one ever told me. Oh. Well, okay. Um, we have uh, a PT, Pastor Trey, paper towels. What up, yo? He's back. on this episode because we wanted him to be on this episode. Yeah. He's very youthful with knowledge. Youthful I because he's get a it youth pastor. He's a youth yes. pastor. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's laughing. That's a good one. That, Shut that up. was punny. All right. <laughs> Twas punny. Dude, let's just get right into it, all right? Yeah, it was doing. After what? Song break? Yeah. Right? Is that, is that what comes after this? Yes. Song break.
calls herself a hero She feels secure and sound And I So what do we, dude? I said, dude again, dude. Shut up, Quit saying, dude. Dude, really dude. <laughs> do not stop. Gosh, dang it! All right, let's go. All right, talking about the <laughs> the end times. We have uh, P- uh, quote unquote the end times. Quote unquote end times. You're ruining the topic already. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was kind of a, uh, quote unquote kind of kind of works. I mean, we quote are talking about the end no, times. No, I'm talking about the tisking sounded. Yeah. Always Come here. That. Come on. Here we go. Uh, but you know. Anyway, anyway, anyway. All right, all right. So, so why don't we just go right down into it? Yeah, why don't we get right down into this? The end times. Let's break it down. Let's break it down. What are the end times? I mean, a lot of people can can be kind of confused about what the end times are. Like, I know. I think it's the end times. Honestly, if you just think about it, it's kind of self-explanatory. Really, end times. Yeah. I mean, we're living it now. Yeah. 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 Which most of you probably won't get that. But we'll dig in we'll dig into it. <laughs> Why are you yeah, laughing? We're gonna, we're gonna break it down. No, I, I didn't, I didn't get into like pretty much today we were talking about it. <laughs> exactly. So you wanna start us out with anything, Pastor Trey? Shut up. Sorry. Sorry. Stop. Sorry. Why why are you using that accent? You haven't I, used I that accent know. in like since I don't, we I don't know, it's about five off time, so I'm kinda of bringing back the British side Shut of me. Shut up and just talk. It's kinda of tradition, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is annoying. I kinda of thought about that. Your hair already makes you look pretentious enough. Don't <laughs> use that accent. <laughs> you have a pink hairband, dude. Is it on right now? No, no it's on your neck. Where'd it go? It's on your neck. Legit looking for it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, I gotta stop. I gotta stop with that accent. So Please do. So, do you have anything to start us out with? Uh, I mean, y'all, y'all's podcast, y'all start the conversation. And, All right. And I'll jump so, in on it, man. So, the end times. Um... As Christian said, uh, we talked about this earlier, and we are living in it now. And the reason why we know we're living in this now is, and I'll let PT get more into this because he was with us when we talked about this, and he explained it really well. But um, in Matthew 24, 7, it says, uh, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. So, I mean, basically, there'll be wars when it says nation shall rise against nation. Um, kingdom against kingdom, get that. There's going to be earthquakes, um, which happen quite frequently, actually, if yeah. you think about it. Yeah. Think about it. That's been going on for, you know, forever. Yeah. Yeah, it has. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the end times aren't just, I mean, now they thought the end times was back in the day, too. I mean, they, I mean, you know, all the things that are happening now are, have been happening for past, you know, the end times isn't like a specific time really it's just like us are like us we're the end you know the end us. times we are the end yeah. times so us us yeah. meaning you know yeah 
Yeah. So we started it out. You want to? <laughs> you want to? Ch- all right, all right. Uh, I'm just yeah. No. You guys. I, <laughs> um. I think what you're trying to get at Ezra was that we we are living in the last days now. Yeah. But that since the the coming of Christ and His ascension, um, it's been the last days ever since. Right. So we've. Uh, we, we're living in that now, but um, there is a sense in which um, the people of God in Christ, um, after the coming of Christ, have always been been living in the last days. Um, yeah. And so um, you see several places um, in Scripture where um, they're um, admonished, the, the people of God are admonished to live um, looking forward to that blessed hope. And, and the expectation is that it's coming, and it's coming soon in their time right and so they're they're looking forward to that and so i know that um, a lot of people are kind of like afraid of the end times like and like you have said before it's kind of like coming from that you know getting left behind sort of sort of perspective of it like you know what if i get left behind what if all this kind of stuff but if i mean if you're in the child if you're in the family of god then that's not going to happen because i mean if you're in the family of god then yeah yeah our idea of um of the end times, for for most people who've who've thought much about this or who think about this at all, really comes from kind of a pop theology, right? You have uh, that really popular series um, that of books that came out um, in the late '90s, early 2000s of Left Behind, right? And they yeah. even made some some children's versions. Um, and actually, there were 40 different books in the children's version. I read all of them nah. growing up. Wow. Um, I had every single one of them. Read them all. Um, and so there's like the left behind kind of narrative of events and stuff. A lot of people are like, Oh, this is exactly what it's going to be like, or this is what it is. Or, and and, you know, so you had several movies back in the day and then, uh, just recently, you know, there was that movie with Nick Cage, right. (laughs) That I haven't seen. I just heard heard it was absolutely terrible. Yeah. I heard the same Um, thing. It was stupid. Um, it was a bad movie all (laughs) around. And so... Um, but were all their clothes folded in one spot and as they disappeared? That's 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 <laughs> that, dude, that's been that's been movies like for I, I think the '60s is when these these rapture movies started like coming onto the there scene. Was, right? Those so, are still like those most recent ones before right. the Nicolas Cage too as well. Like, I don't get yeah, it. like people 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 have been like trying to making these movies and I'm trying to remember what the name of the one like from the '60s was. Maybe maybe I'm putting that too far back. I think I think it was the '60s or '70s. It, it might have been as recent as the '80s. Um, but there, there, there's been movies and movies and movies about all of this stuff is going to happen. I think one of the reasons that fear exists around this topic, right, is this kind of dramatized portrayal of these events that that really comes from a a popular or really like easy to sell books by making outlandish claims kind of theology around the end times right yeah we kind of like so, made that our like we kind of like made the image ourselves yeah it's kind of we, we made the image of fear of it in our own yeah selves. like yeah yeah and so i i remember when i was a kid like when i was like probably i was probably six or seven because my parents uh my, my dad was still alive so i was i was young and i remember waking up um in the middle of the night and they were out in the hot tub um, and they were like hanging out and just like, it was my, like, and, and I was looking all over the house for them, no. right? <laughs> Everywhere. And I could not find them. Oh, you felt like the and, and I opened the door and I'm looking for my mom. Hears me. She jumps out. She comes like, what's going on? What's going on? And I was like, I thought I got left behind. <laughs> right? I, I think, I think most, uh, most church kids have probably ended, oh, I've definitely ended up with that, that kind of thought. Right. You know, I don't yeah. see my parents like, Oh, I'm a gunner. 
I'm, I'm right? a horrible sinner. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it, it got a little more pronounced, too, I think, the older I got, too, because I, I, I was a little bit more aware of my sinfulness, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Looking at that, I was like, I mean, I'm not, like, left behind, but, like, I see how, like, how I live my life, you know? Yeah. So, like... You 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 know you're more yeah like you said like you're more aware of the sins you are like you know are that are around you you know right so and, and that and so that in and of itself um, you know can can generate some fear if we don't have a good view of our salvation yeah right and so I had I had a lot of insecurity around my salvation when I was a teenager and I think I think some of you guys might might have felt that yeah. as well um, but just you know like not secure in my identity in Christ and who, who God was formed me into even then. And so, you know, my mom would be late coming home from work and it'd be like, Oh man, did Jesus come back? Right. Like call a few <laughs> people and nobody would, would answer. Right. And like, Oh, I, I must've got left behind. Right. And, yeah. and so, um, this kind of pop theology has left a, a sense of well, fearfulness. Fear, fear and anxiousness that kind of exists there. Yeah. With this though, when you say that like you're scared that you were left behind, but doesn't it say in the word that, when Jesus comes back, when bike, when Jesus comes back, every eye will see. And so, well, he's on a bike. <laughs> so I mean, you shouldn't be really scared that you're left behind because you'd see it in the first place. Yeah, I mean, there, there's especially in that that left behind kind of vein of of end times theology, um, which uh, if you one of the technical terms for that, it's called eschatology. It's the the doctrine or the theology of last things. Yeah. Right. So. Um, that it's not just the return of Christ, but it's just the last things that God's doing. So that incorporates the new heavens and the new earth okay. and things like that. Yeah. Um, but um, w- one of the one of the ways that this kind of I- idea of of theology kind of works itself in is that um, that there's this idea that there's going to be a first secret coming where Jesus comes and raptures all of the real believers away, right? Um, and then there's going to be these seven years of, of tribulation and things. This is the left behind model, right? And and, and the Christians are going to be spared from that suffering. And then there's going to be people who become Christians during them. But the, the, the whole, really the theology behind it is that the Holy Spirit's going to leave, right? So he's not going to dwell among uh, the people of the world, right? He's not going to He's not going to be there to, to convict the world of sin in the way that he was. He's not going to be there to comfort. So God's just going to lift his hand. He's going to send all his judgment and stuff. And the believers are going to be gone. And there's going to be some that come to faith, but most won't. And um, and so because there's that secret rapture, right? And I knew that, right? And I could get that. I picked that up from the theology of the books and stuff that I was reading. And that's where the fear kind of came from, right? Is that, oh, well, Jesus can come back secretly and I would never know about it. And then I'm stuck here trying to fend for myself. Was, yeah. was Left Behind uh, directed and produced or anything like that by Christians? Yeah. No, yeah. Well, okay. Are you talking about the most recent movie? I mean, Are you talking about the most recent movie? Any of them. I, the, the first one's for sure. I'm not sure about the most recent one. Like I really didn't follow it very much. I saw a trailer for that, and I was like, "This is going to be bad cinema." Is, is that really what and they I'm believe is going to happen? Though, like that's just what we perceive it to be. Well, like, like, the most know. recent movie, from what I understand, like butchered the books, right? My, my knowledge of Left Behind stuff comes from reading the books. Like yeah. I, I read the books, right? The movie's never as good as the book. The movies are better. Okay, just kidding. And so <laughs> uh, the book, the book was so much better. And uh, I mean, it's, it's good fiction. It's good. It's good stories. I enjoyed reading that. But um, just like any work of fiction, it's it's not the best idea to base your theology off That's of it. True. Um, it's gonna have some things. It's gonna make some. It's gonna make some claims by nature of telling the story. It has to make some truth claims. 
right? Yeah. Um, and so it's gonna it's gonna make some claims and things that I that I would personally not hold to. Um, but um, back to your original question of like, you know, why would I be afraid if if Jesus is gonna come back visibly? Um, the reason that I would have been worried is because I was expecting that first secret coming, right? And that, yeah, I know he's going to come back visibly at the very end of that seven years after all this stuff has went down and the world's <laughs> gone crazy, y'all. Yeah. And I, don't, you know, and, and and I know he'll come back visibly then, but man, I'm, I'm kind of scared that I won't, I won't go now. Why? I mean, I kind of understand why, but I mean, in the Bible, it tells us that walking with Christ is not going to be easy. And so, when when we look at the seven years tribulation, we see how tough it's going to be. Why do we get so worried about that? when we know it's not going to be easy walking before the tribulation. I'm going to be a hundred percent honest with you. And I am, I am not prepared at the moment to, to take you to some scriptures <laughs> where, where that specific idea comes from of, of the rapture taking place before then. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, I will say just based on church history, historically, um, that, that hasn't been how the, the, the body of Christ has looked at, um, the uh, the end of days, right, or or the tribulation. Um, there's three big strands of um, end times theology, um, and you know, one that looks at having a millennium, one that looks at um, the millennium becoming something that happens as this utopia arises because Christianity takes over, um, which and and that that really it's called postmillennialism, and it really got kind of. Um, ate alive by uh, World War II um, and all the optimism that was in the world kind of faded away <laughs> as uh, Hitler started murdering fools and uh, the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor and things like that. And so that, that kind of idea of utopia started to fade. Um, and then there's this thing called amillennialism, which looks and says the, the thousand-year reigns kind of a, um, a figure of speech, right? And so um, where, where, where we're kind of coming from is this premillennial idea right and that before the millennium there's gonna be this this tribulation it's kind of a pessimistic view of it's gonna get really bad and then there's a strand of that called dispensationalism that that looks at that and says okay well um within this framework jesus is going to take us out of the punishment that he's bringing on the world he's not going to inflict that upon us um and, and it really started to come uh in the in the mid to late 19th century is when that really started to to creep in a bit more um uh darby uh i can't remember his first name but he uh, uh has there's a there's a bible that he um like kind of annotated and then you have the uh, schofield bible which was uh really probably one of the first study bibles right that has all the notes and stuff in it and things like that and yeah. um you know these guys really helped propel the uh the dispensational kind of view of the bible and of history, um, and uh, and of the end times, and so that's where a lot of this really comes from. And so um, they, our our modern understanding, what's prevalent in most of the the Western Church, um, where we where we are here in the United States and in Europe, is going to look at the end times like this um, because yeah. of that heavy influence. So we mentioned the tribulation, and we mentioned that it was seven years, but. Can you explain to us what the Bible says is going to happen in the tribulation? That's a kind of a loaded question. There's a lot that, you know, is, is talked about. Specifically in Revelation, right, is where you get a lot of the, the info about um, the things that are going to be happening. It's it's basically a 
pouring out of God's wrath onto the uh, onto the world, right? And so um, God's wrath is coming down. You get these seven bowls of wrath and revelation that are going to be poured out, and um, there, there's a lot of a lot of things that said. A lot of it's figurative in in many ways. Um, some of it some of it is is literal. Um, I'm sure. Um, but it's basically just, just seven years of, um, God doing, um, the work of, of judging the world because of sin, um, and and kind of bringing that. And then finally it's going to culminate in the, the return of Christ in such a glorious fashion, um, that his, is the entire world, right? You, you read, um, that one day every knee will bow, right? It's going to be on this day, right? When Jesus is coming back like a boss, Riding on a horse, got a tattoo on his thigh, so with a sword coming out of his mouth to slay the armies of the world. <laughs> Whenever I think about that, where it says every knee will bow, does that mean like it's gonna show up and everyone's just gonna go boom and like fall? Yeah, the, yeah it, the, the the idea behind that is that Jesus is coming in the glory of God, and because he's coming in the glory of God, there is no one who's not gonna be um, driven to fall down in worship of God. So. Also, you mentioned something that after the seven years of tribulation, there's going to be a thousand-year reign. What yeah. is that? Um, and that's 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 um, where, um, and this this is where I, I tend to to kind of to fall. Um, the the idea of in, in Revelation twenty, I think. Um, but in in Revelation, there's there's the talk about the the thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth. And basically the idea behind that is that for a thousand years after the second coming, Christ is going to establish his kingdom earthly and rule. Is there there something, I heard something like there's a thousand-year reign of the devil on the earth, right, before that, or is it? No, that's that's not it. That's that's, someone mention uh, that. It wouldn't be a thousand-year because uh, the devil's been given dominion and power over this world for... um, however long it's been since Adam and Eve fell, right? Yeah, like that's true. he's the prince of this world, right? He's the, he, he's the ruler of this, this realm, right? And so he's, he has authority now and, and this is as good as it's going to get for him, right? He, yeah. he has power to do, uh, it's very limited power because God's got him on a short leash, yeah, right? But um, his, his reign is now. Um, and his reign is going to be heightened during the the time of the tribulation with um, the the appearance of the the antichrist. And uh, I know at lunch we were kind of talking a bit about um, the the fact there have been many antichrists. The Bible would say right there's there's the spirit of antichrist has been in the world. Um, it's really just the spirit that's against Christ. But um, the Bible does kind of point to a a figurehead that's going to um, rule in an earthly realm, right? That um, that Satan's going to really use um, to try and fight against the Lord. It does say in the Bible, I can't like explain exactly where, but it does say, I think several places, that um, there will be people, deceivers, that will come in and uh, claim to be Christians. There will be deceivers that claim to do these things. There will be uh, deceivers that, that do quote-unquote miracles, uh, these kinds of things to deceive people, and their only, their only purpose is to deceive people. And yeah, think, no, yeah, that's 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 there for sure. Um, doesn't it say something like the Antichrist will um, he'll die and come back in three days, kind of like Jesus did, and that's going to deceive a lot of people too. Yeah, there's there's the he's going to be mortally wounded in his head, right? There's going to be something, and then after three days, he's going to or a period after I think it's at, it says after a period of time, he's going to you know 
come back alive. And, dude, if and, some and, dude does that, people better be watching him every second of the day. Yeah, we should just find him and cut his head off. I mean, I'm <laughs> just <laughs> that, <laughs> um, make sure he doesn't come back. Yeah. And, and that's where, like, you know, we, we can sit here and we can we can talk. About, and this is what happens a lot when we start talking about the end times, right? We sit and we we talk and we look at all this stuff that's in scripture and this really descriptive language. Um, and not saying that it's not not necessarily literal, but what what I am saying is that we sometimes forget um, that apocalyptic, prophetic uh, language and literature is full of imagery. It's full. It's full of uh, <laughs> all sorts of uh, just metaphors and and things that really take uh, some some interpretation. Right, and so we can sit, we can talk, we can look at all this, and we're like, "Well, how is this gonna like? You know, how would this happen? Like, you know, if this this happened, and the Bible's here, and we can read this, and why would people ever follow after? Like, how does that even make sense that people would ever be deceived in that way? But the reality is, like, that people will be deceived, and and I think we take for granted sometimes the fact that you know we have the Bible, we've read the Bible, we've seen some things in there, but there's man, there's people who live in this town. Right, this this town of twenty thousand people who've who've never read the Bible, maybe never had a Bible in their home or had access to the Word of God, and so um, if that's the case in a town like Sand Springs, right, where there's a church literally on every corner corner, and if you take the church or the street that our church is on, there's three of them that you could hit a rock from each at, right? I mean, just <laughs> so stand true. at one, you can hit a rock on the other two, and it's it's. Just crazy, and and there's people who've um, never read the Bible, who've never maybe even opened the Bible for themselves, never heard the gospel presented, and so to imagine that in the vastness of this world, there's not people who are deceived, right? Who who could be deceived by this um, is you know kind of foolish. Yeah, I uh, was at Tech, and I overheard. I I probably should have kind of said something, but I I didn't. I don't know, but um. I overheard them talking about a Satanist Bible. Some sort of kind of like a Satan, you know, just like it's the Bible, but it's like it's Satanist, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, there's, and I mean. I heard, I overheard them saying that it was more peaceful than the actual Bible. And I, I, that blew me away that they would even think that. I don't, I don't understand how somebody could be that deceived that you would think that a Satanist well, I mean, if, Bible if, is, is. If you're looking at the, the content, right? Um, if you if you look at the content of the Bible, dude, the Bible is bloody it is. and grimy, and I mean it's it's got parts that'll make you know the the most seasoned sailor blush with the kind of mm-hmm. language and nuance that it uses in different places. And I mean yeah. you got um, you, you got some very racy stuff that goes on in the Bible. You have mm-hmm. some some grotesque, some some very um, very deadly things that take place but, right I mean, it's all part of god's word it's all part of you know yeah but is... but that's you're coming from the perspective of mm-hmm. this is the true word of god right and so yeah. you're like, okay this is god's word this is what god has said but then you have a, a lot of people who, who don't believe mm-hmm. um in in the god of the bible who don't believe that this is um anything more than a massive work of literature um and so they they would look at this and they would say, man, there's there's maybe some good things in there. There's a lot of bad things in there though, right? And they would look at that and they would, and would see that. Um, and what we can do as Christians, we can look at the Bible and we can say, okay, um, 
I can see throughout the scripture, if I look from Genesis to Revelation, God's working in redemptive history to bring about this stuff we're talking about, this end time stuff, right? Which is going to finally be consummated in the new heavens and the new earth, right? Where Jesus has come back, um, he's reigned for a thousand years, right? And then he's bringing the judgment of the living and the dead, right? And he's going to, everyone's going to stand before him. They're going to be judged according to what they've done. And those who aren't in Christ are going to be judged only on what they've done. Right, And so they're going to fall desperately short. And then those who are in Christ are going to be judged based upon um, their, their works, their, their actions are going to be put before God. And God's going to look at that and he's going to say, everything that you did wasn't enough. But my son did everything that you didn't do. And so he's going to cover that. Um, and so um, that's how you, when you engage with people who are reading other sacred texts, as, as they would call them, right? They're reading other um, books from other religions and other you know, points of view, and that, you know, they're, they're taking that as, as fact, or maybe not even taking that as truth, right? They might just be saying, oh, this is just a way of looking at the world, right? Um, and, and they look at the Bible, and they would say, the Bible is not that. The Bible can't be that. Like, look at the things that are in there, and, and they're not looking at it the way that, that we are because the Holy Spirit's quickened our hearts to believe, Right. We, we look at it and we say, this is the living word of God. Right. This is a book about the redemption of the world. All they see is the content. All they yeah. see are the words. What we see is the God who spoke the words. That's true. Right. And, and we true. see God in the pages of Scripture. But that only happens because the Holy Spirit's working on our heart. See, and what, what scares me about this is about the end times is that um, there's going to be a lot of people that we're close to and are really good friends with that don't make it. And so like, what can we do to, to, um, have them be willing to let us talk to them about this stuff? Because some of them won't, they won't allow us to spread the word to them. I mean, um, we kind of can't help that though. I mean, I mean, we can't help it. And I know prayer, you can is talk probably, to them, like pray over them, like, you know, plant a seed. But I mean, if they come to salvation, I think this like, it's up to them and God. You we never, can't. Really, we can't really like make them do anything. You though. never have to get their permission to pray for them. Yeah, you could. I mean, you could you, be praying for them like every day, and they. I mean, you would never have to get their permission because I mean that's your own thing that you're doing. You could pray for them. I mean, I mean, yeah, the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. I mean, yeah, I understand. And that. I think yes, right. And I'll say yes that you can't. You can't make people believe anything, right? It's the Holy yeah. Spirit that that causes faith, that causes belief. But I think the question you're getting at is. I have friends that I want to tell about Jesus, and every time I bring up a topic of faith, they just kind of say, no, nah, I don't want to talk about that. They yeah. tune me out, right? And okay, like yeah. That. Um, and, and, and my question would be, um, have you earned the right in the relationship you have with them to talk about something like that? Right? Is, is your life being an example of the faith that you believe? Is it marked by that? Not just in the fact you say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, I go to church. Like, is the implication of the gospel being worked out in your life in such a way that they see that, they see your authenticity, your genuineness, they see where you disagree with them, and they say, man, I know this dude thinks that I am totally wrong, but he loves me anyway. And he, he cares for me anyway. And I think when you begin to just have relationships and not have relationships with people who don't believe as projects. Like yeah. so often we, we look at the, the, the world that doesn't believe and we say, Oh, I, I need to build a relationship with them because I want to win them for Jesus. And 
in one sense, I, I say, yes, awesome. That's, that's great if you can build a relationship and win them for Jesus, and that's good. But at the same time, if all you're doing is building a relationship with someone because your goal is to save them, right? You're not building that relationship with them because you care for them. You're building it because you're trying to notch another unbeliever on your salvation's belt. I mean, actually, I didn't know that, I mean, I didn't know this kid was an atheist until recently. So when when I found that out, all I wanted to do was try to try to talk to him about it and yeah, yeah and I, I think that I mean I think that shows a heart for like you see you see the Bible and you see the truth of God's word and you see what the Holy Spirit's done inside of your heart to yeah. transform and change you and you're like man that, that hasn't been your experience like I want you to experience that um, but at the same time you you want that and so you pray toward that end you ask the Holy Spirit for for wisdom, but you also, man, you just continue to build that relationship. Like relationships take time. Earning the the ability to speak with with the kind of brutal honesty that telling someone about the good news of the gospel takes, right? Because that takes brutal honesty. Because you're basically you you got to give the bad news in order to give the good news too. Yeah. Um, and basically, what you're giving when you're giving the good news is um, you need this because you can't do this, right? And so that's 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 some pretty hard news to take. And so, if you haven't built the relational clout to make that happen, then it's going to be a, a, a much harder road and, and you're gonna see that um a lot of times people are gonna be turned off to that conversation um but man you just you just keep being a friend you just keep building a relationship and you just keep praying that god would sometime open a door for that and i think as you do that when people know that you have faith and, and, and you're not afraid to talk about your faith right yeah. if it comes up in a conversation dude jump on that I, I, like talk about it but um, if you will just, if you will sit back and, and, and I'm saying if it comes up, but don't necessarily be the one who has to instigate the conversation. Like you can sit back and I promise that as, as you live a genuine Christian life in front of people and see that they're going to eventually ask some questions, bro. Like they're going to be like, I right, tell me a bit about this. You know, there's a guy at my work actually that he didn't, he didn't bring up the topic first I had, but he he works at he works at Hargrove with me, and um, I just felt the need to. I, I felt God tugging on my heart and asking me to talk to him about it, and so I mentioned I mentioned something about church, like it wasn't even. It was something small, and then I had asked him. I said, "Do you go to church anywhere?" And he said, "Bro, I haven't been. I can't remember the last time I went to church," and like you can, you can tell if you're around the guy that he's not. Uh, strong in the Christian faith from some of the things he says and does but I, I invited him to the church and um, it's kind of weird me doing that I'm 15 years old and this guy was probably like 33 and I was talking to him about it but um, <laughs> I I invited him to church and he kind of awkwardly ended that conversation um, I don't think he wanted to talk about it but those are the things I want to do more often is to have conversations with people like that because it, it, it yeah and that's that's a discernment thing right where okay got it are you are you pushing me toward this right now like is this what you're well, and like you said like this you just kind of felt the holy spirit saying 
hey, say something. And, and let me tell you, God's God's going to do that, right? He's going He's going to put you in those because part of that stretching and growing your faith. Yeah. Right. But then there's also, and I think God does this. He gives us relationships with people that are long term, because we, we've been talking through. We, we this summer we preached the book of Jonah. Right, and as we were preaching through the book of Jonah, what we were kind of trying to to draw out, what we were talking about, was the waves of God's grace to this man. At the end of it, we see um, that that God's love for Jonah was rooted in his character and his nature, and his love for Nineveh was rooted in his character and nature. Mm-hmm. And the reason Jonah doesn't want to go and tell Nineveh about God is because he knows that God is gracious and merciful and slow to anger. Right, he's patient with those who don't know him, which means that, um, that we should be patient as well. And I think so often we just get like this, this urgency inside of us that I don't think comes from the Holy Spirit to if, if I'm not constantly beating someone over the head with the Romans road or trying to let them see, you know, how terrible they are as a person without Jesus. If I'm not constantly doing that, I'm not doing my job as a Christian. And I don't think that's it because I think the Holy Spirit really, the Holy Spirit woos us to him, right? He draws us in um, with love and with care and with tenderness. And so in the relationships we have with people, if we believe the Holy Spirit is working through us to proclaim the gospel message and he's going to call people to God through us, he wants to use us to do that, does that not also mean that our job is to aid the Holy Spirit in wooing people to God, right? Into drawing them to God with with love, with, you know, you catch more flies with sugar than you do with vinegar, right? Or with honey, maybe is what the, the saying is. But it's relationships are oftentimes going to be the key and, and they could take years. We should not be so impatient. We should have them though. That's the thing. We should have these relationships. And I think so often I've heard this in our youth group just the other day. I, I said something about inviting some friends to come and do something. Like just, we're having a game night next Wednesday. Right. And I like, Hey, invite some people. Like literally we are going to play games all night long. That's all we're going to do. And I said that, and, and one of the one of the girls popped up and said, "Well, all the friends I have are here." And praise God that you have friends at church. You need those relationships. But man, if that's all the relationships you have, like you're telling me you don't have any friends that are outside of of this, I, I think that becomes a deeper issue for us, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I mean, and. How this all like started out at my work though is I did feel the Holy Spirit like tugging at me, wanting me to talk to this guy, but how it happened is you know how I, I run the Instagram and the Twitter account for our podcast and when I posted the stuff on Instagram, like I had completely forgotten about it and then as soon as I posted it, like I looked around and I posted it while I was at work and I was looking around and I was like the end times and thinking about this and I was like, What if these people here that I work with that I've had made friendship made friendships made friends with like what if they don't make it like that it started to scare me and so at that moment like I feel like God maybe wants me to reach out because you know some of the people at Hargrove I mean it's yeah 
I, I got warned before I worked there. That Ryan Vineyard, dude. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Brother Brady. <laughs> I was warned before I worked there that people there were not very clean. They were vulgar people. And maybe maybe God wants me to be there to spread the word to people there. And, and that's... Yeah, I mean, as Christians, and this is a totally different topic than any we've been talking about, but, um, man, faith and work intersect, right? And so yeah. you say that whether that's your summer job or you're at school, right? Your faith and your work, whatever it is you're doing um, in in the world to make a living. Right? So right now you're a teenager, you're, you're a student, and so you're not making a living as much as you are going to school to get an education so that you can be a productive member of society, right? Yeah. Um, you've been placed there strategically by God, right? And so um, when you graduate high school, right, you're going to go to college and um, go to college and, and get whatever training it is that you need for whatever it is that God calls you to in, in life, whether that's being an engineer or an architect or being a, uh, you know, being a businessman or something like that, or, or maybe even, even in ministry, right? Doing vocational ministry, get the training for that. And then let the Holy Spirit place you somewhere strategic for the mission of God. Right. And so you're going to be working with and alongside people, um, just like you are right now, who don't know Jesus. Yeah. And so right now you you're in a position where you're strategically placed by the Holy Spirit to be by people who don't know Jesus. And so, yeah, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father who is in heaven, right? And Jesus says that in Matthew, and that's something we've been called to do as Christians. And so, yeah, you're placed there right now for that purpose. And I think it's a good thing that you have that that sense of urgency, right? Of of man, there are people around me who don't know Jesus. There's people around me who who need to know that without him, what's waiting, that, that without him, this life is the best it's ever going to be. Like there's nothing better than this. And with him, that there's something greater on the other side. Like this life is as bad as it's going to be if we have Christ. But if we don't, then this life, no matter how terrible it might be, is the best that we're going to be able to have. Yeah. Right? And so I, I think it's good that you feel that. And I think we should all feel that. Um, I mean, with with this entire topic of end times, this entire week, it's been like laid on my heart looking at other people and looking at myself. And it, it's, it's kind of scary sometimes thinking yeah. about that and sad because looking at other people like you don't want to want them to miss out and even people at our church um i i had to i texted one of the one of the people that go to our church and i i, I told him I, I was that some of the things that they had been doing like they're not they're not showing the christian faith to other people and i, I was trying to hold them accountable because me and that person, I'm not saying any gender or anything like that. But no, me yeah. And that, me and that person, we were really close. And so members of the family of God do. That's what we're called to do. Is to I, I had never done that. We had an entire episode. We mentioned that in like five episodes about holding each other accountable. Yeah. And I had never done that until this week. And it kind of scared me. I didn't want him to think that I was I was getting on to he or she. I, right. I it, it's, it's a scary... It's like, so So take my position as a, as a pastor, right? You know, I... I I have those kind of conversations from time to time. I've had those conversations with you. Yeah. Right? I've had those conversations with Ezra and with Christian, right? Yeah. Where we've yeah. I've said, dude, 
you're being an idiot, right? You're just being dumb right now. And I think I've called each of you an idiot. I don't think you've called before. me an idiot before. Have I called you an idiot before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me correct that. You're an idiot. Thank you. So are you. <laughs> no, I love you. Exactly. No, yeah. Idiot today. Maybe a few weeks ago. That's that's how I sh- that's how I show you love. No, um, we, I hate you. But but in <laughs> in. Like yeah, we, we're called to hold each other to that, and yeah. I and I think what you're what you're getting at, and I think that's probably why you want to talk about this kind of end time stuff on the podcast today is, man, you got eternity in perspective. Yeah, yeah. you're sitting, you're looking at this from, uh, in so in with our with our youth leaders, um, uh, we had a meeting recently, and and I said, hey guys, this is what I want. To, I want to talk about this. Um, this is who we're gonna be. This is what we're be. And I said, I want us to have a, um, I want us to have a ten thousand year perspective. Not a 10 minute. Okay. And so it's real easy when you're doing something to be worried about what's happening right now. Yeah. Right. So if you have a 10 minute perspective on things, everything's going to, you're, you're either going to care too much or you're not going to care, care at all. all. Yeah. Right. You're going to care too much about the insignificant stuff. And so if, you know, we have a 10 minute perspective and you're, you bust a snare head while you're playing drums, right? That could, that could either, like cause you to just go into uh, a rage and bust every other head on your drums, <laughs> right? Or it could cause you to just be like, ah, oh, who cares? It doesn't matter if the snare sounds I don't good, need a snare. right? Exactly. And so, <laughs> you you, so it can either go, it can either go to over engagement or, or apathy, right? And, and both of those are the wrong thing. But if we have a ten thousand year perspective, right? Is we look at this from when I say that, I mean from eternity, yeah. right? We're, we're looking at this ten thousand years from now, right? This is gonna be nothing like we're, we're gonna look at that we're gonna say so with, what a big what a small deal that was with right? the youth leaders you're trying to like i guess trying to make them or help help us with the long run in a way yeah yeah help them help them see that when one of you smarts off and says something change right it now that you're well no not, not not necessarily change it now it's it's that have tough skin right and stick with it yeah. And and continue to to spend time pouring into people's lives because you care about these students, right? Because yeah, they might be a brat while they're fifteen and sixteen uh. and seventeen <laughs> and eighteen, but when they're twenty five, like like I am right now, right? And they look back on some of that. It, like I look back on the way I treated um, the youth pastor that came in after my my first youth pastor left, and I was such a punk, right? And I remember that, and he st- he stuck it out, right? He 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 stayed in there. He didn't he didn't give up on. On that, he kept trying. Um, and do you have to tell yourself these things with uh, some of the kids in our youth group? I have to tell about yeah, with you all the time, bro. No, I'm just <laughs> um, you have to you have to tell yourself this with everyone. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is like this is a you know in, in my marriage, right? I'm gonna take a 50 year perspective, right? Only 50. I mean. You could go people like 10, in my family, years, like my know. dad died when he was thirty-four. My grandpa died when he was like in his sixties. Fifty would put me at seventy. So I'm I'm thinking fifties. You know, I mean that's no. Fifty's <laughs> um, right <laughs> a long number, right? I, I haven't like in my life, except for maybe my grandparents, right? I, I haven't seen a marriage last more than a decade, right? Like my my parents have only been married twelve years, right? My my uh, mom and stepdad have been married for like four or five now. Right. And so, so I haven't seen this big long-term thing. And so I'm looking at my marriage and I'm going, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the long view. Right. So 50 mm-hmm. years, is just an abstract number. I'm going to take the long view. 50 years isn't five minutes. Right. Yeah. And so I can get mad right now because 
something wasn't done the way I wanted it to, right? There, there was some something, you know, walk in and, you know, I, the, the house didn't clean or something like that. And, and um, you know, I've, I've done my part, but maybe we divided up some work and, and, and um, my wife hasn't done her part. And, oh, and so I could difficult. get mad about that or, <laughs> or I could look at that and I could go, that's not a big deal. Like, why would I fight about that? Yeah. I, I fail to do that all the time. It just irritates you at the moment, and so yeah, it's and so to... and so and so I give in to that, right? And so yeah, what what that all started from? That's like a extrapolation of all sorts <laughs> of like crazy stuff. What that started from is you're feeling the weight of, and this is a good weight, the weight of I'm working with people that this summer that I will probably never work with these same group of people again. Yeah, right. Some of these people won't be here next year when I come back and work, right? And so. Some of those people that won't be here don't know Jesus. So if I could just plant a seed in their life. And I mean, so, yeah. And so you're yeah. looking at it and you're going, you're going, yeah, I think you're just feeling what the Holy Spirit is, is doing inside of you. Of, I want to make a difference for the glory of God in this place. And I know that I need to do that. And I'm feeling that because 10,000 years from now, that's going to matter. Like, and I could deal with my comfort right now. Right. Th- thinking about that, like, what if I never talk about church or christ at all with them ever again and somewhere down the road they they f- stumble up a, like upon someone else that talks to them about it and they're like i talked to someone at my work about that like that, yeah. that'd be awesome thinking about that or <laughs> if that happening to them and that would be that would be, that would be an amazing thing right to know that's that's first corinthians 3 right um so some plants some water but god gives the growth yeah right? so god's the one who's working to bring about the growth um which means we also don't need to we are broken, busted people um, on our own. And so when we try to live in our own power, which we all try to do, um, we very often fail to execute perfectly. And so we're going to fail to execute. And so you're going to pass up some opportunities to do this kind of stuff. And you're going to look at that. And, and what you shouldn't do is look at that and go, well, great. If that person goes to hell, it's my fault. I think, and I've heard that preached, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to pass that up. And if they spend eternity away from God, it's that blood's fault. on your hands. That's ridiculous. And, you know, coming from, coming from Ezekiel, right, where he says, hey, if, if as a watchman you warn the people and they don't listen, their blood's not on your, your hands. If you don't warn them, then their blood is on your hands, right? And so I, I see where that's coming from. But at the same time, if we're walking humbly in repentance, right, and we fail to, to see eternity, um, God can take that. He, man, he he's sovereign enough that if he's gonna grab that person, he's gonna grab that person, yeah. right? Um, yet what he wants to do is he wants to take us and he wants to use us in that. And so, um, what those moments of failure for us should do is when we turn to God in repentance, is that should make us go, okay, I I know that I I messed this one up. Yeah, I'm gonna turn now though, and when I have this opportunity again. That's not going to be the case. So, like, what if we have like this opportunity to like, like, we feel the Holy Spirit or we feel God, you know, urging us, like, hey, you need to, you know, talk to this person about, you know, Jesus, so like, plant a seed in their life or something. Like, you have this urgency to just do it. But what if you don't? Like, how do we have hope that they will reach? Like, God will like, you know, come to them later on in the future. So we, we have hope because God is sovereign. Okay, so that means he has total control, right? Yeah. Um, God is going to get his, right? And yeah. so 
that's not an excuse for us to just kind of sit down and say, okay, if God's going to do it, he's going to do it, and I don't have to worry about it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like, if, but, we have this opportunity, and then yeah, like, we, have this opportunity. We, we fail, and then we yeah. don't do it. It's like, well, crap, like, well, like that was like that was my chance to, to do something about if, it, and I didn't do anything. If God wanted you to change his life, then he's going to do something big in that guy's life, and so he's going to, if you don't do it, he's going to send someone else, isn't he? Well, that's what I'm asking. Like, how quite, do you, how quite, do you have hope quite in possibly. That, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah that's. That, I mean, that's 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 where you look and go, and yeah, that's that's probably going to be the case. The reality is here too that when, when we have to realize that every time we share the gospel, there's no guarantee that God's telling us to share the gospel with someone because they're going to believe. Yeah, yeah. We could plant seeds, but if the seed falls on hard ground, it's not going to do anything. Just like John Bohr at camp when he said yeah. that he went to that. We already told this story, but he went to that uh, crip looking dude and yeah, and nothing happened, yeah, right? And he was like, happened. he's like, I'm gonna get shot, <laughs> right? And and nothing, <laughs> and nothing it, happened. Usually, there. it's and, just a test. And I it mean. was and it was God just doing something in in his heart. And so, um, in one sense, I don't want us to look at that and to go, well, it doesn't matter what I do. Then I can ignore God if I want to. That, that's no, not, yeah, that's not wanna. what I'm saying with yeah. that. But what I am saying is this: is that we we too often let ourselves be riddled with a kind of guilt and shame that has been taken care of in the cross. Yeah. Right. And so, um, what should happen is we should recognize our failure. Right. But then we, man, we, we turn to God in repentance. The Holy spirit begins to work on our heart. Shores is up. Part of our sanctification is becoming more willing to, mm. to share the gospel, yeah. right? to share the good news. I think it's just like, because I asked that it was like, it's just uncomfortable, you know, yeah. God, like, it's like, you know, I heard this preach and I heard you even tell me this, like, hundreds of times everyone is always like yeah god wants to put you out your comfort zone just yeah and it's like it's so much easier said than done like, like everyone preaches like oh yeah god wants to take you out of your comfort zone so just do it like well, okay that's so much easier said than done though like it takes to be out of your comfort zone like i know like certain times like you actually literally just you know actually just have to just go do it but like certain times like doesn't it like every like i don't know what i'm trying to get like doesn't it take time to like get out of your comfort zone. Is that what I'm saying? Think about like in your, when you're in class and you have to go present. Like it's gonna take well, courage. But, to hold on, that's there. different though because like I know that I'm gonna be doing this, so I'm preparing to like to talk in front of the class though. Yeah, no. So I, if I'm not prepared to do anything, that's kind of like really uncomfortable. It's so funny because I, I think the idea of not that people haven't wrestled with doubt and yeah. and the courage to stand up and say something for ever since people have had something to stand up and say. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, that's just been that's that's part of human nature. This idea, though, of comfort zone is such an American idea, right? I mean, it's we, like over, yeah. we love comfort, yeah. right? And it's one of our idols. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I think it's so hard for us to step outside of this comfort zone we have is because we idolize comfort. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so we look at if God's asking us to do something uncomfortable, he is uprooting a false god in our lives, right? And okay. so, um, so I would say... Yeah, God calls you out of your comfort zone, but he doesn't call you out of your comfort zone momentarily. God calls you to live outside of comfort. Okay. Like God does not call us to comfort. And so there's so much comfort that we have, right? And God's like, I did not call you to be comfortable. I call, like he, he told um, in Matthew, not six, maybe it's, I can't remember. I preached on it in All In back in March. Um, but it's, um, Jesus has this guy come to me and says, Jesus, I want to follow you wherever you go. And he says, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, 
uh, he said, but you know, one of them was like, well, let me go back and bury my dad. And he's like, dude, if you, if you go back to bury your dad, um, there's no place for you here. Right. Uh, the first thing he says, oh, first thing he says this, he says, Jesus want to follow you wherever you go. And he says, all right, well, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Yeah. Right. Like a bird's got more comfort than, than you're going to have if you follow me. Right, a fox has more comfort than you're gonna have. Right, and this dude's, you know, dude comes up and he says, "Jesus, want to follow you?" And he says, "But first, let me bury my father." And he's like, "Dude, leave the dead to bury their dead." Mm-hmm. Right, and then yeah. he says, "Hey, Jesus, I want to follow you, but let me take a minute. Like, let me just take a second and 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 get some brains." He says, "Dude, nobody who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of heaven." Yeah, I mean, that's some discomfort, right? That's some uncomfortable stuff, and. So I think that, that that whole idea of, of you know, God trying to pull me out of my comfort zone. Yeah, he is. But don't think that he's trying to do it for a moment. Yeah. He's trying to do it for, for the rest of your life is, man, you're not made for comfort. Yeah. Don't yeah, like waste my, your life on comfort. My idea was, like, on comfort, it was just like, I, I guess I wasn't, like, I'm not living completely out of my comfortableness. Right. Like, I'm not always uncomfortable. So, like, if I'm just, if I'm being comfortable, I, I don't think I'm really doing anything for it. I forgot. Like, yeah, and, and let's, you know, flesh out that idea of comfort too. You, okay. Not trying to say, um, not not trying to say that that comfort is, <laughs> um, never something that we're gonna have. But like when it when it comes yeah, I mean to, when it when it comes to God using you, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, being yielded to the Holy Spirit is gonna be, being uncomfortable. Okay. Oh, sorry. I was doing my math. Um, yeah, thanks, man. Really uh, sorry. <laughs> so, I'm. Do you have anything else to say before we wrap this up? This is a long main topic discussion, but it was great, and I could keep going, but I don't know if we have I, time. I'm just here to answer questions and hopefully do them well. I, I hope that nothing I said was gonna cause any more confusion than it did clarity oh, I'm so on some I'm stuff. So confused, and so man. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> that's um, but. No man, thanks for thanks for having me on the podcast. Oh no, thank you. This was great. Yeah, this dude. Was great. Yeah, thanks for showing up. I got something second. out of this. This was, this well, was really well, good. Well, good. Yeah. So <laughs> it probably got off the main topic a bit, but I mean, it all wraps. You know, it all kind of goes yeah, in yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a end. yeah. Back so. at the end, but the back at the end, talking about end times. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. So I guess Sully says thanks too. So I guess we're gonna get right into Ezra's segment here. Yeah, man. Let's do it. Yeah, we are. Welcome to the mindless chatter segment. Welcome to mindless chatter. Mindless chatter. Mindless chatter. You guys are ready for my. Extremely knowledgeable knowledge that is of the knowledgeable sort because it's coming, it's coming right at you, red hot, like a criminal's hands. Oh, whenever he gets caught by the like, police, like the red hot chili peppers. No, because like, like, no, like, a, like, a, it's like a criminal's hand when he gets caught by police, red, red handed. <laughs> but where did the chili peppers come in? <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, um, so what color was his hands before? It was a movie quote. Right. That was so dumb. That <laughs> was funny. Anyway, so you guys have heard of Pokemon Go, am I right? Yes. I mean, I play it. 
Team Valor. Hashtag oh, Team Valor. I have man. not heard of it. Can you guys please tell me about more about it? Are you serious? I don't even know what it is. What is it? All right. So, um, basically, that sounds great. So, do right. Yeah. All right. We should get it right now. Okay. We should down. <coughs> Sorry. We should download it right now, and we should get it, and we should catch all the Pokemon because that is really what the life of Pokemon is all about: is catching them all. Am I am I correct there? Um, I think you're right there. Okay. Well, I don't know what you're doing with your phone because it it's actually always catching a Rattata. See, we do in fact already have Pokemon Go accounts, uh, just like 99% of the population of the world. They all have them, and you know, if you go to downtown Tulsa in Sands, er, in Sandspring, if you go to downtown Tulsa in Sandsprings, <laughs> if you go to two different cities in the same place, what? you're going crazy. Wow. No, but there will be tons of people there. It'll be pretty cool. But I kind of am, am I, I'm kind of like quitting Pokemon Go. No, you're not. I you am. I am. I'm quitting Pokemon Go. You love Pokemon Go. Yeah, but I'm I'm quitting Pokemon Go. I've I I beat the game basically. Dude, there's a seahorse in your way. I beat the game basically. I'm already level 400. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, I'm level 400, guys. I I swear to you. The Gyarados, right? That's the most like uncommon Pokemon. I've gotten 17 of them. I found 17 of them, I should say, and I've evolved 20 of them. I mean, I've already beat the game. I'm level 400 and. Any gym that you see that's not Valor, it's actually secretly Valor. I'm just, I, it's an, there's an underground lab under it that I've that I've taken over. It's underground. So how do you? It's an underground lab. It's underground. Like us get to the underground part in the dungeon. Well, I game. can't tell you that it's a secret. Then that's why I own all the gyms underground because only I know about them. I mean, if I okay, told so you, now we know about them. So you just yeah, told but you us. don't know how to get there. There's a secret code that has nothing to do with Pokemon Go. Dude, you're spilling out everything. So, okay, now we know there's a secret code to get into the underground. So, now we're going to be looking for it. Well, at least you don't know it's about Pokemon Go. Now it's about Pokemon Go. No. <laughs> okay. Just as long <laughs> as you don't know, it's Pikachu. Now it's Pikachu. No, right, it's, so, how did you figure it out? Wow, you're dumb. What do you think this is? This is a segment where you call you're dumb. Yeah. Basically, it's called mindless chatter. Anyway, so how are you enjoying? Uh, uh, um, we're gonna interview today, actually. Okay. How are you enjoying Pokemon Go? You realize I have a, well, I have a mic, and you're giving me yours. So it's like super loud now. Well, nobody wants to hear your voice, so we probably die down. Oh, savage! Do he turned the mic off? Dang boy! All right, dude. You guys, seriously, if you're not Team Valor already, you should probably just go quit your account and make a new one and go to Valor because it's literally the best of all of all, of all teams really because Valor Valor is about power that I mean there's a saying that really just digs deep into my heart Valor is power and I don't know if you guys have heard that Valor is power that just really it moves me yeah, that is really it moves me in so many ways that I literally could not even explain it it moves me here it moves me there it moves me everywhere literally if you do not if you're not on Valor go transfer yourself okay and you can't transfer yourself go transfer yourself that's the nice way of saying well go go die take out the trash <laughs> go transfer yourself <laughs> get a new account and join valor because valor is power holy mega i mean just not even gonna reel you know, you know what i'm saying yeah man yeah but seriously so in your world do they have pokemon go yes yes they had way before here really yeah this is just a what do you call it? It's a wannabe. It's a it's a Pokemon Go wannabe because okay. in Pennsylvania we had Pokemon Go, except we had glasses. We had these like, uh, we had these seven D glasses, 
and we yeah 7d like 3d 4d but like 40 5d 60 70 yeah 7d okay everything it's literally like an entire new universe and what you do is you go in like you put on these glasses right and then you would just enter this world where Pokemon are real, which, you know, they are. I'm not saying that they're not. They're totally real, just like Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and the Queen of England and, you know, all those. Queen of England's real. I know. Yeah, I know it is. Duh. Okay. Of course it is. All right. But anyway, you put on <laughs> these glasses and Kay. all these things just become real. And, you know, and all these Pokemon are showing up. Like Santa Claus, he comes in on a sleigh and you have to throw your Pokeball and you have to catch him. And it's legit. And I actually caught a Santa, my first Santa Claus the other day in Pennsylvania. Um, but one, I think one of the most rarest Pokemon of all is Michael Jackson. Have you guys heard of that Pokemon? I mean, I've heard of the. Well, it's uh, probably because this is a Pokemon. Artist. This is a Pokemon Go wannabe. Past. No, no, this is a Pokemon. I don't know. It has no relation to any human What's being living power? or dead. What? What's its combat power? Combat power. It is four thousand. <laughs> And seventy-five. Wow, that's a lot. That is um, a lot. I think you're lying. I'm. Is Hillary Clinton me. one of them? No, Hillary Clinton is a whole new generation of Pokemon in herself. What about Trump? Trump is also a new generation of Pokemon in himself. Well, there there are their own generations of Pokemon. One's evil and one's good. Well, but now that we're just your kind of you now know, that we're kind of talking about that though, can I ask you another question that's off oh. topic of Pokemon Go? Sure, go ahead. Well, I know that uh, Donald Trump chose Mike Pence to be his vice president. Do you know the guy? Yes, he's my dad. <laughs> Whoa, so your dad's a politician? Yes. Really? It's not fun. Working with my dad sucks. <laughs> can you elaborate? I will not elaborate. It Why brings not? back too many tears. Okay. Um, well, so are you okay with uh, your dad joining Team Trump? Yes, yes, because Trump is actually... Um, he's actually a big supporter of Pokemon Go. He gave me uh, a small loan of a you million know, dollars I to, <laughs> to buy uh, Pokecoins. Um, he gave me a small loan of a million dollars to buy Pokecoins, and now I'm just ruling the I'm world not, on Pokemon Go. I'm not so sure if Trump's a Pokemon Go fan, but I know Hillary is. No, but so. Donald Trump I, gave me a small loan of a million dollars for Pokecoins. So it's, he's a supporter. He doesn't play it. He's a supporter of, of me because technically uh, he's a good friend of mine because he's a good friend of my dad's who's a good friend of my mom's who is a good friend of my dogs. So, so does that mean that you're going to like give him ideas while he's president? You know, you'd be like, hey, yes, dad, tell yes. Trump this. Yes. I give him so ideas like... Well, because like, you have the most knowledgeable mind mm, in the world. Yeah, like, so Sometimes I'll be like, hey, dad, uh, tell Trump to get rid of all taxes. And my dad's like, hey, you're an idiot. And I'm like, well, it was worth a shot. Um, and it's it's... It's mainly that kind of stuff, you know. It's wait, a good, wait, 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 good wait. father. So your dad just called you an idiot from doing that. So is your dad smarter than you? No, my dad is not smarter. than I mean, me. you were born. I, from I let a him man believe already, it. Yeah. I let him believe it. I let so him believe that he's smarter with, than with me. With Trump in mind, um, okay, the he's wall, always on the mind. wall, <laughs> the wall he plans on building. Um, yeah. Yeah. Would you plans be able too. to get over it? Well, or under, or around, anywhere? Like, could you get through it? Like, how how would you, you know? You know, if you've ever it. seen Sesame Street. There was a little, there was a little mo- life moving little part of it, and he was trying to get, you know, he was trying to get over this, 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 there was this door, I believe, and either it was a door or a wall, I can't really, I can't remember, but he was, he was going in all these directions, he was like, oh, go around, then he would go around it, and then he'd go under, you know, and then he'd go over and around, over under around and you know, he would do all this stuff and he would go faster and faster it was super awesome 
It was life Bless you. moving. Bless you. It was life moving. Bless I am, you. I am blessed yes. by the Lord Almighty. Amen. Hallelujah. So, um, we so, actually. So really, how would I get? Uh, don't interrupt me, young sir. When I'm when I'm not done, right? It's just, it ma- really makes me want to transfer um, you. It transfer really, me. Take yeah. out the trash. No, you know it, dude. Dude, I'm already on Team Valor, dog. Oh yeah, that's right. So Give me Hillary some fire, brother. Oh, dude, don't touch me. Right. Isn't Sorry, Hillary Clinton on Team Valor? What? Hillary Clinton is on Team Valor. Thank yeah. you, Hillary. Yes, thank you, Hillary, Hillary for prison. Um, 2016. You know what, Hillary? If you're listening to this, because you probably most definitely are, because you're oh, actually what? my secret mother that nobody knows about. What? Um, Whoa. So why did your secret mother not choose? Mike I can't Pence? talk about it. I can't talk about it. She's my secret. Do you understand the definition I, of secret? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's like the secret garden. It's a movie, by the way. It's a uh, legit movie. Uh, yeah. The Secret real? Garden. Is it real? Yes. I, I've and never it's heard a book. of it. Um, but did, anyway. Did you write it? No. It's a legit book. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> it's a legit book called The Secret Garden. It's a movie. Okay. Um, but okay. yeah, Hillary, um, she plays Pokemon Go, which she's on Team Valor too, which it's kind of like, all right, Hillary, if you're listening to this right now, um, just because you're on Team Valor does not mean you get my respect. I mean, it's cool that... You know, it's it's pretty cool that you're on Team Valor. It's pretty cool that you're my secret mother and everything. But it, you, I don't have any more respect about you just because you're on Team Valor. So I'm sorry. How is she your Go secret mother? Yourself. You already have three and a half mothers. I so can't talk mean you about four? it. It's secret. So I mean, okay, secret okay. garden. Secretly, let's, secret let's, let's, mother. Let's secretly talk about this, okay? Uh, oh, that's a good idea. Hey, let's secretly talk about this. So I have does that mean no you have four idea. Mothers, four and a half mothers. Yes. But, okay, if we're secretly talking about this, okay, okay, if we're secretly talking about this, everyone who's listening right now has to do the oath. Everybody who's listening, literally, not even, all right, everyone who's listening, I want you to put your hand on your heart, all right? Put your right hand on your heart. Okay. And lift up your other hand, okay? Lift up your left hand in the air. Okay. And I want you to say, I. 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 Fill in your name. Fill in your name. No, don't. No, I want you to say, fill in your name. Fill in your name. I. I. Fill in your name. Fill in your name. Will not, Will not talk about talk about this, this secret, secret conversation, conversation to, to N N E one one ever. I I swear swear to I can't do this man to <laughs> to to Donald Donald Lawrence Regan Regan Oh sorry What were you thinking of saying Donald Trump? I was thinking Oh Lewinsky. oh wait keep your hand on your heart and your hand up and then say it's done. It's done. All right. It See? is finished. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It is finished. What's so, finished? The book? The movie? Your oath. So now we can talk <laughs> oh, okay. about this secretly. You guys took an oath. You cannot do this. You can't talk about it to anybody. So I am about to share to you how Hillary Clinton is my secret mother. I have four and a half mothers. Hillary Clinton is actually my secret mother. And I'm literally about to tell you the big secret about how go ahead, she's I'm my- listening. Hey, if yeah. you're listening to this podcast right now, go ahead and just- Close your ears because this is too secret for you. Even though you swore to an oath, you know what? You, you cannot hear. If this you're part. on Team Valor, then you can listen to it. Anybody yeah. else? Cover if you're, your if ears. You're not, if you're It'll not bleed. on Team Valor, you need to delete bleed. the Pokemon Go app, re-download it, get back to level five, and then join Team Valor. And then you can come back and listen to and this. Th- and then episode fourteen, mindless chatter. You can then listen, listen to, to this, this right here. This this one big secret right here. Now go do that, and I'll take a minute. Okay, then it's they, long they, enough, then long enough, long enough, oh, long oh. enough. They can just pause it. No, that's good. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll come back. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So they're okay. So good job, guys. You you deleted your account and you you made another one and you got Valor. You're back here again. The big secret is I have no idea. I woke up one day and there she was on the side of my bed and she said Ezra, and I said 
what? And she said, I'm your secret mother. And then she walked out and I thought it was a dream, but apparently it was real because my dad came in and he punched me in the arm and said, time to wake up. And I wasn't dreaming apparently. So to this day that haunts me every time I wake up, I see the phantom of Hillary Clinton, my secret mother. Oh. And it makes me cry. Okay. okay. Sometimes pee a little. Oh. I don't make it to the bathroom. She scares me. Anyway. Okay. All right. So, so you there's would, the big secret, you, so guys. There's would the you rather have your dad as a vice president of the country or your secret mother running the country? My dad, definitely. Because if I had to pick between showing up at my bedside or calling me an idiot, I would I would definitely have to choose calling me an idiot. That's my... You know what? Sometimes my dad does that too, but I mean... Ezra. It's just Hillary Clinton, Ezra, man. What? You're an idiot. I know, dude. Yeah, right? you're... Does that mean I'm your dad now or something? No. Okay, sorry. What do you I think just... this is? Mindless chatter? Kind of, sort of, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, thought I forgot. Was. I thought this was a segment. Is it? I don't know. I thought it are was we actually doing segments? I don't is know. Is that a thing? Wait, are we doing is a this podcast? Is this another topic? Is, are we doing a podcast right now? I don't, I don't think so. Why am I holding a mic? <laughs> Wait, we should just set our mics down. Let's <laughs> just... So, how are you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good, yeah. It's great. Um, oh, you know what? What? I don't know. What? What do you not know? I don't know. Are you sure you don't know? I, I really don't know. Sure. Yeah. Oh, oh, I know. I know. Dude, we were doing a podcast. Wait, we are. Oh, we. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry. Okay. We, we totally forgot that we were doing <laughs> a podcast. Yeah, I gotta we, pee. We, I'll be right back. Yeah, we had a. He's peeing. <laughs> Make sure we can't hear the fluids. Yeah. Because that's disgusting. That's... I. All right. Hey, you should have taken your mic with you. There goes Christian on his epic adventure of of <laughs> of adventure. So. Okay. So anyway, we we totally forgot that we were doing a podcast. We were I'm like, so where sorry. are we? We laid down our mics and we're like, wait, we got to think this out a little bit. Yeah, we did. We still don't know what we're doing, honestly. Excuse me. Excuse me. Bless me. All right? Bless me. You I want everybody blessed. to say, bless you, because that's kind. And God bless you. Thank you. All right? Yes, no Thank problem. you. All right, there no we go. Problem. So, See, we totally Ezra, 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 I think we should probably just cut this out now because we've already embarrassed ourselves enough. Oh, crap. You're right. And you already let out your biggest secret on air. But it's valor, though. It's va- You know what? I want all of you to go and have an adventure. I've already let out my big secret to you guys. So, you know what? I want you to go and I want you to take over one gym today. Anybody who's on Team Valor, go and take over a gym. Even if it's for like 10 seconds until somebody else takes it over, go and take it over right now. Go find the nearest gym. As soon as you do it, put your tongue on the roof of your mouth, close your eyes, and say, Four cannon shots can be heard in the distance. Cannon C, Olivia W, Angela F, and Luis R. Dude, it was a 14th episode. Dude. 14th. Dude. Dude. I said dude. 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 We've established dude. this twice now. I know, dude. It, three times, actually. No, yeah, no, it's, it's three. It's that. I'm going to walk out if you guys keep doing this. Quote, unquote. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to walk out of your life if you keep doing this. <laughs> oh, Rose did. Just kidding. I can never walk out of your life. You're so beautiful because God uh, made you. Don't ever touch me again. Don't okay. touch <laughs> me. Don't touch him. But don't, thank don't, you guys for being him. here, man. We had a lot of fun. Dude, we did have a lot this of fun. This was actually a really good episode. It uh, was. I enjoyed this episode Even though it's like almost two hours long. That's I'm going to listen. Great. Whenever I go back through listening <laughs> to podcasts, like I'm going to enjoy listening to this one again. <laughs> Um, if you game. actually made it to the end of this one, congratulations. Yeah, if you didn't be like, I'll give you a gold star if I see you. So we'll find you and we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll put a gold star on your 
On your forehead. Jim, <laughs> be nice and I'm a good noodle. Fresh white. I'm a good noodle. I'll just give you all a comment. All right, so um, I wanted to throw this out there because we found it out there before and no one's done it yet. So yeah. if you have questions for Ezra on Mindless Chatter, dude, email us at thehipsterminute at gmail.com or you can text us on our number that Wait, is what was on the email? thehipsterminute at gmail.com. Thehipsterminute at gmail.com. Or you can text us at our number that's in the Instagram bio. Oh, I still haven't looked at that yet. Yeah, you haven't because you know why? You're not a true hipster. Dude, you're the we one want who takes oh, charge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Charge oh, yeah. Of Instagram oh, yeah. and Twitter accounts. Oh, yeah. I, don't I, know, I take charge of social media. The accounts. reason we want you to insert questions is because we want you guys to be involved. Like, we want you guys to be involved with this because it's fun and it's great. Is it, and is it fun? Yeah, it's great. And if you guys, like, insert questions, you can be like, dude, that was my question. You could feel so happy. Happy and involved, like, dude, I did that. And then you can start a trend on part, social media. You were a part Hashtag of making. Stay fresh. You were a part of making this episode, dude. I so, was. I was a part of making it. You, you could be. I, I was a you part. You could of be a part of making. My Gosh, dang it! Why are we throwing these? <laughs> we're throwing the <laughs> microphone covers at each other. Is this so much fun? Oh, bam! Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna take mine off and throw it at you. Don't lose any. I spent good money on this. I got purple and orange. I spent oh, I this. All right, hey, that was the 14th episode. 14th Thank you for episode listening. Thank you so Let's much. Yeah, thanks, guys. Let's end it before it gets any longer. Stay fresh. Stay fresh. Stay fresh. What they said.